Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I am Alessandro Maniscalco, co-contributed to the JLU podcast with Sam Otten, where we analyze the Warner Brothers films that are part of the DC Extended Universe. And we're currently working on our scene-by-scene analysis of Wonder Woman with Rebecca Johnson and Sydney. And you can find me on Twitter at Raven or reach out to Sam and me at JLU Podcast. Alrighty. And today on Donna Justice, we're talking about minute number 33. And the minute starts with a God's eye view panning over the location of the crashed Kryptonian scout ship in Metropolis. Uh, and then the minute ends with Lex Jr. asking for the complete remains of the dead alien for testing. Um... So this minute starts the what is known as the Lex Luthor's theme in this film, which is the red capes are coming. Yeah. Um, well, that was really loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Which uh, is like what I wrote down is a like Cronenberg version of Superman's Hans Zimmer's Superman theme from Man of Steel. Yes. It's like it follows the same rhythmic structure and cadence, um, but instead of soprano and like tenor tones it's more of pedal tones it's like a, it's like a few octaves it's away from what it should be yeah yeah and uh which is fantastic the dissonant chords cause a lot of tension and unpleasantness compared to superman's more bright uh, tighter yeah major major and slightly minor chords mm-hmm. and sam had pointed out in our podcast that it sounds like uh, the strings sort of go hand in hand with how Lex uh, pulls, you know, people's strings. So it's sort of like he's a puppet master. It goes well with Good that one. Theme. Good one. You got nothing to say to that? No, right? I was you nodding. Just, you're nodding. This, <laughs> yeah, is a, this is audio. This is an audio thing. I was <laughs> like, uh, that's a good one. Yeah, so we get some, some really cool shots of uh, a tented scout ship. Did we already talk about that? Nope, we haven't talked about it okay. at all. I was going and to and you guys said to wait, so... <laughs> yeah yeah so this, this is, is scout it. ship minute welcome back to scout ship minute daily podcast <laughs> where we talk about all the scout ships and every single movie one <laughs> scout ship at a time so Alex, uh yeah go for it <laughs> let it let loose on on the scout ship knowledge so i think uh <clears throat> obviously lex wants access to the scout ship to learn more information about superman about his weaknesses, about his civilization, about what technology he can take advantage of. Natch. Right. So, and that's, and the scout ship is where, you know, he starts to formulate his other plan to create Doomsday. Okay, so without going a little bit too far into detail with Lex's plan, do you think... I mean, he's always wanted access to the scout ship. Do you think that he's had a plan once he gets in the scout ship? Or do you think he's just like, I need to go in and learn as much as I can? Or do you think he has a motive once he steps foot in there? Like, he knows what he's looking for. He knows what he wants to do. Obviously, we know he wants... Well, we don't know just yet, because we say it in this minute. But he does want one physical thing. He wants information. Yeah, so... that information... And the information that he wants is twofold. Number one, what weaknesses does Superman have? How can, you know, what information mm-hmm. can he, he gain to help him 
defeat Superman, and mm-hmm. two, what information can he garner from this as re- with regards to technology and implementing that technology in his own corporation? Okay. So it's pretty open what he's going in there for. He just will we'll later learn that he has an endgame. You think that's why some people have a problem with this film because they like get confused that Lex has multiple plans in the works, probably as opposed to like if they were following just a one string villain who was just like, I think the majority, yeah, I think the majority of audiences, and this is, I don't mean to be downplaying the majority of audience for this movie, but it seems like a lot of people when they were looking at Lex and his character that they did not connect the dots that he was pulling all the strings for all the characters. It seemed like that. You know, that obviously he was pitting the two iconic characters against each other, but I think that was missed on a lot of people. I think they only saw it as like, oh yeah, Batman just hates Superman, and Lex Luthor has to be hating Superman as well. So like that that <laughs> kind of like, like that. They sound just like that. <laughs> so I think that it was his puppeteering was missed on a good majority, and sure. I think that's and why of- the the character got such downplayed. Yeah, and a lot of the complaints were, oh, this movie is all over the place. So. In that, with that respect, they certainly miss the fact that he had several plans, you know, in, yeah. in progress. So, and <clears throat> you know, and, and I've read some, I've listened to some analysis of this movie, where you know they, the whole red notes thing comment, and in which you'll get to in your yeah. analysis, uh, a lot of people I think also sort of didn't correlate that to Lex manipulating Batman so that's certainly something that I'm sure most people who saw this movie sort of looked over yeah I think uh, I guess we'll have to wait until we get there but um, his I think Lex's ultimate goal is not to kill someone and make them a martyr you know as an end result, because that's that would defeat the whole purpose. But I think his whole goal is to deface someone, like to despirit someone. Is that someone being Cal, or just metahumans in general? Just metahumans. Uh, I mean, his well, his then, plan was pretty genius because he created a catch twenty oh, two. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, any way Superman went about it, he was going to lose. He was he the bad guy. To, he wanted to create a, a no win situation for Superman. Yeah. And you that's know, how you write a, a good villain. To a certain degree, yeah. he did create that well. But He's a Bond villain. <laughs> he is. I mean, yeah, like, it's it, a, I, I want to see Jesse Eisenberg be a Bond villain. If he can do this, <laughs> like, I mean, maybe this is his Bond villain-esque kind of role, but I'm, I'm all for it. And I mean, yeah, he doesn't, in his mind, he thinks that... to die, Superman. Yeah, yeah, in his mind, he thinks that Superman shouldn't even exist. So what's the best way to punish your existence? You know, and and you wanting to be public, make the public turn against you. But also make the public turn against his existence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you should not be... The name itself, like you said, the name. Make yourself turn against your own existence. Oh, that's even better. Because that's what he's doing, man. He's like, man, I hate that I'm... You got a question. Yeah, Cal's questioning himself. This is my job now. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I agree. Um... Yeah, and so uh, we really get that music. Does anyone know what shoes he's wearing in this minute? Can we? T- Do that's you know a light, what shoes he's wearing? That's a lighter note. No, I wish I did. I was actually like, hoping you came in 
clutch. Came in clutch with the shoes? Yeah. No, he's got they're probably very like nice what? Like, shoes. Uh, maybe they're like Doc Martens or something, man. I don't know. They're beautiful. I noticed he also drove himself there. He didn't, wasn't chauffeured or anything. I think that this Lex is more of a um, man, independent. Be with you. They look like Crocs. <laughs> Are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no way. He would, I don't know. Maybe they are Crocs. Let's see. Where is it? I want to know who, yeah. now see, this is probably like getting really meticulous. Do actors have a say in the wardrobe that they're chosen no. for their character? No, not at all? Do they just like get chosen like, okay, this is what you have to be shot in today? I mean, Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure that that's factored into the film. Like, they, the costuming department works with the director to determine what the character should be wearing. But is the character involved at all? Like Lex, I feel like he should be looking at like the clothes he's wearing and like try to piece that to what type of character he should be creating. You know what I mean? He's even got like, like you these. put me in like what I'm wearing right now. Like I'm gonna be normal. But if you put me in like a nice pristine, you know, I don't. What is the opposite of what I'm wearing? A suit. I'll try to act more professional. I don't. Well, I don't want to pretend to know for sure, but I imagine that most of the time. They have to wear whatever they're told, but I'm guessing certain actors can have a say, especially depending on their relationship with the director. So, Probably. like, our first scene with Lex Luthor, he's wearing, like, a white shirt with a white sports jacket, yeah. and now he's in this with a gray jacket and mm-hmm. gray suit and uh, red sock, velvet, red velvet sock game going on. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, maybe later on in the film, he'll start wearing more black or something. Maybe he'll get darker. Yeah, we do. Where there's actually a minute, I think it's a minute 35. And 34? someone mentioned, I can't, for, I can't forget, uh, I can't remember who mentioned, but it's like Batman was wearing blue. Oh, yeah, I did. I said that when he was wearing, in the city, he's but wearing blue. But now he's only wearing black stuff yeah. throughout the rest of the film. Did I say, I, I mentioned he was wearing blue in minute, like, 10. Well, we mentioned it, but I'm no, we're documenting that the change in color is getting darker for these yeah, two characters. Yeah, of course. Anyways, we'll wardrobe. Get, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag wardrobe. Um, it's always something that I've always been interested in movies, just the wardrobe, wardrobe and costuming. Yeah, it's just it's great. It's I mean it's like it's a whole it's a whole character. Oh, it makes a character. Yeah. Props to the wardrobe departments, guys. Shouts out. <laughs> um so does anyone have anything else to say about the scout ship? Any the scout ship. Yeah, it's huge. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so yeah, he is he getting in, and he's he getting blow dried. <laughs> I think is that like I, a, he's a sterilization? Trying, yeah, so that it, the inside is not contaminated with the outside. So what all is what is all being blown on him? Is it just air? And it's like, hey, this is really clean air. It should kill all the germs and diseases. Like, what is that? What is that? An actual mm. science thing? I've always wondered what it was. I'm sure it is. I don't know what exactly they're doing, but I, I don't know. I. One thing that I saw, and even when I first uh, was watching this movie in theaters, is that I always thought his hands were up against the glass. Same. He was like, I took the mic away from my mouth. He's like, kind of like, has that like childish attitude of like, oh, like I can't wait to get out there. Kid in the candy store. Yeah, kid in well, the candy has to store. Raise like his thing. arms so that anything hiding in his armpits is gonna get sterilized. That's also. that's what I realized when I was taking notes for this. I realized like, oh wait, he's actually not touching the glass. I thought it was him touching the glass, and it was paying to the character that he is, that he's so eager to get into the scout ship. Like Mark said, the kid I, outside I the candy it was store. A, I thought it was a joke, because I, too, until I, 
am doing this minute right now, I thought his hands were on the glass. Mm-hmm. And so the joke with the door saying, keep clear of automatic doors, that he was doing... <laughs> he was breaking he the He was rules. breaking that yeah. rule by leaning on the door. And I was like, oh, is that a joke? But it's not. He's just He's just proceeding with protocol. Well, I find it interesting that everybody else has got to wear these, you know, jumpsuit, these like yep. jumpsuits and, oh yeah, let's just let him in, you know, wearing regular clothes. Yeah. Well, he talks about that rock being radioactive all the time, but then when he gets it, he's opening it, he's touching it, he's, you know, he's not afraid to like be around it, so. Well, they, they, it's radioactive it's a to Superman. <laughs> it's a common trait for, well. To Kryptonians, wanna, so it doesn't. Wanna, as far as you know, their preliminary studies go, it's not harmful to humans. Now, in this whether universe, or not, whether or not years down the line they decide to introduce the yeah. kryptonite poisoning story, yeah, okay, you know, that's how was, yeah. <laughs> so, so which I don't know. It just seems like just plot devices. Um, but yeah, I think it's more of like a, uh, you know, yeah, it's radioactive, but screw it, kind of thing. And What's not radioactive? Exactly. <laughs> Come on. Um, so yeah, we get this. Uh, he even he seems to be a little overwhelmed by this scout ship because he has to stop and take it in of like this massive I'm alien to, ship that he now has access to. I'm trying to figure out the scaling of it because when we get the shot of his back walking up to the scout ship and all the lights and there's like street lights and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like obviously from the flyover shot, it doesn't seem like it's like the tent is that big, but this thing is. Like, look at that. It's like a... Obviously, the it's scout ship is stadium. huge. We know. Yeah, but it's... it's Like, where's the ceiling? Like, the lights maybe at the top? No, that looks like maybe the scout ship. I don't know. It's just... No, it there's looks no, like It looks like the, it's about 12 stories high. Count the scaffolding right there. Here, here. Well, that's I mean, what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. the Pythagorean theorem to figure this out. Give me a second. Okay. Um, it looks like about seven scaffolds and then a little higher than that. On the right side of the shot. And what? Scaffolding is How usually about like what? How many Lex Luthers do I have to stack to reach the top of this? Yeah, well, hang on. <laughs> scaffolding is usually like between five, maybe six feet. I thought it was ten feet. Two scaffolding? No. no. The scaffolding that they're using is, is taller than a person. Yes, okay, so. So it's about one story each scaffold. How big is one story? Ten feet? I guess it depends on the building. Well, I know my ceilings at my house are are pitched so they're a little bit higher but this one here in mark's house (laughs) it's all flat so the all the lights are man-made lights because the scout ship is not powered right yeah it dude it looks like a like a its own city in there the scout ships are are non-powered is that what you're saying no because it's it's shut down because it was damaged yeah Mm mm-hmm so, no, there's. I mean, the power is not coming from the scout ship. It's probably right. coming from its own generators that they're running this freaking right, city. Exactly. I wonder what they're doing. What do you mean? Those people they're taking samples. They're You're, they're analyzing it. They're trying they're to figure it, it they're out. They're doing what we're what doing, this? but <laughs> more important. Right, like hands on. <laughs> I want to go look at that. <laughs> it's cool, right? Yeah. Um, we go back to LexCorp. Um, I guess this is now See, the flash. Do you remember? I, I I haven't watched the theatrical version since we've been doing this, and I don't remember. But I feel like this part specifically with him 
walking up to the scout ship, getting the body, talking to the to Senator Barros. Was it cut up differently in the theatrical version, or was it Mm-mm. just like this? It's the same. Okay. No, I, think I feel like same. I feel like I remember it being having a different pace, where it was like he explained the whole wish list, and then it went to no. him walking into the scout ship and all that stuff. See, that's where I'm confused. Why release two cuts of this movie? God knows why. Um, I think we'll get into Ultimate Edition minutes by the end of tomorrow and then Friday. Okay. I think that scene. We'll get there. Uh, and the important th- thing is to note is that these scenes of him in the scout ship and with Zod's body are obviously in the future. Yes. So we're jumping around a little bit today and tomorrow. Yeah. Um, no, but as far as this scene goes as far as it's in the future yeah the i get what him, you're saying right he's it's showing okay he's asked for it and yeah in the sometime later than now he gets it yeah. yeah there was something i feel like we brought it up before the entirety of this movie is like it's it's months right it's like it doesn't it's, happen it's over, over. yeah no it doesn't happen over like a succession of a couple of weeks there's a very long time because i remember Something us talking about Batman. This probably was way before we even started talking about recording. We are talking about Batman and like the timeline of what his work entailed with, uh, uh, we haven't met him before, sunglasses guy. Cool sunglasses guy. <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't said his name no, yet. No, so I think there's like a, how long do you think this is off? So Alex said it's in the future of him going yeah. to the thing. It's probably no, like wait, a yeah, week we said later. his name. Yeah. Did we? KGBs. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Anatoly Knizev. Um, um, but what were we, what were we talking about? Like Man of Steel, Man of Steel happens in days. Days. Like, once General Zod's like, "Yo, y'all, twenty four hours," and it's yeah. like, "It's days." That like, yeah. Tomorrow they show up and then they destroy the Earth in like two days. That didn't happen, uh, but they tried Same to. Saying saga. <laughs> um, Lex Luthor gives his second request, which is the complete remains of the dead alien for testing. Uh-huh. Uh, which Barrows is like, you want Zod's body. He didn't say general, so make sure you get that right, Barrows. Can't. Well, the scientist calls him General Zod. Does he? Yeah. Hmm. Well, you his name to. is Zod. It's General Zod. <laughs> he's, he does, he's, not, he's not acknowledging his authority. Alex, we should be kneeling down. <laughs> no, but yeah, but he's not his general. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not allowed. What is it like? You're not allowed to uh, forget the decorum, but um, uh, lack lapses in decorum. We yeah. will excuse Cal's lapses in decorum. Got it. Anyway, this movie. Uh, see, this is where it goes back to kind of Luther having such a hard time with saying General Zod or Saint, Kryptonian, uttering the Kryptonian's like names. superpower. Yeah. You know, anything like that is like I want the complete remains of the dead alien for testing. It's like you want Zod's body. And he's like. Okay, yeah, as long as we understand what I'm asking for, because yeah. I don't want to call him that. Yeah. Because I have a problem with that, because I don't mm. like that thing, mm-hmm. but I want it. Wow, that is, that is an interesting perspective that I had not considered. Um, I, I took it as him, I took it as him, um, you know, saying, okay, like, sort of trying to twist it as if Barrows is offering him Zod's body. Right, but the way you're saying it is is actually really interesting. How he's just avoiding, you know, calling him by his name, 
by his Kryptonian name. And mm-hmm. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. Because I wrote down that, I wrote down specious. Like, specious. Yeah, like that's what he is. Like, Luther is like kind of racist at this moment. Like, he's like, I don't want to know its name. I don't mm-hmm. care about it. Uh, I don't like saying the word Superman. It's, he doesn't it's like, believe in the existence of that. Well, one. he doesn't want Z- that. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like if, Xenosist. it's like, it's like a white supremacist having trouble calling Obama the president. It's like, it's like, oh, the, the president. And it's like, it's, well, you know, back when Obama was president. He's still like, the president. Okay, yeah. People still call Jimmy Carter the president. When you're well, president, you don't lose president. that title. You don't but, lose you know, that back title. then when Obama was president, you know, some white supremacist would be like, you know, it's not my president. Like, I don't want to talk about him. Like, you know, Jimmy Carter walks in this room right now. You're calling that guy, hey, Mr. President. <laughs> yeah, if Jimmy <laughs> Carter comes in, I'm going to shake his hand because he. Because <laughs> he's Jimmy Carter. Yeah, but you know and he probably needs help walking. But see, that's that's the correlation I'm trying to get to is like someone having or they don't want to acknowledge that title because they don't like that thing. Yeah, absolutely. I t- I mean I wrote down both reasoning for that because this isn't the first time that Lex is has a double meaning in has words. a double yeah, but this isn't the first time that he doesn't um, acknowledge Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. So I mean. We just saw it in what we he, said Superman yes, yesterday's minute when he said Superman. So, yeah, man, I really, I really like yeah. that. So that's <laughs> I can't get over like uh, <laughs> the. I didn't even consider that. That's that's really cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's, that's our job here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's where it ends because uh, the minute's going to end with some boots on the ground. There's, there's something. Where is that something? Where is um the hang on. There's something about um Mary. Now those definitely yeah. have to be Timberland. The look on uh <laughs> 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 All right, perfect. They're in Metropolis, right? Um, so isn't that like New York? Yeah. It's Tim's season, ain't it? It's about to be. It's about to be. <laughs> um the look on Secretary Barrows' face as he's like slowly realizing how maniacal mm-hmm. Lex is. But then it goes back to what Alex was saying that, you know, he's probably in his pocket, so he can't deny him at this point. So it's probably like, oh, crap. I should probably be regretting this. But, oh, well. Politics. Hmm. He's definitely in too deep at this point, and he can't say no. I thought you were going to start singing a song. <laughs> What? Is what song? Yellow card? Is that yellow card? In too deep? Think yeah. so. I think it's a band. No, it's too deep. Oh. Yeah. oh, that's some forty one. Some forty one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, some forty one to compare you to yellow card. <laughs> that's a compliment. Is it a compliment on I whose think. behalf? Uh, some forty one. You Wait. think yellow card's better than some forty one? I think some 41 is Welcome back to (laughs) band discussion comparison. I think we're good here. (laughs) Does anyone else have anything for minute number 33? Uh, No, sir. I think I'm good for now. All righty. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. TwoOldMedia.com has this show and all our other shows on it as well. And you can find us at the Facebook group, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. Catch you tomorrow here on DC Cinematic. <laughs>